Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. everyone and welcome to episode 164 of the mom hour i am megan francis here in person with sarah powers so excited in bed as as we do we do well as i always do but you only do when you're with me it seems it's so much better i know it really is we should do this all the time we are together in uh, santa barbara right now visiting sarah's parents and having a powwow yeah a little business planning a little business planning and enjoying ourselves it's a lovely house it's california what I've eaten four avocados so far and I've only been here for like 36 hours. Megan is averaging one entire avocado per meal. Yeah I think I can't actually go through a meal now without having an avocado involved so. You might have withdrawals. I know. Sorry Michigan. We're gonna have to really double down on this avocado situation (laughs) so we are really excited about this topic today and it's one that we just kind of came up with on the fly and it's about and it's something we've kind of covered before a little bit but like not in this much focus. So we're talking about nurturing kids talents uh, but we're not talking so much about managing your expectations or like your schedule yeah, or we, keeping from of, over yeah. scheduling. It's not really about that. Right. It's more like every kid is good at something. And sometimes there's like a lot of emotion tied up mm-hmm. in that. Sometimes there's a lot of expectation on ourselves tied up in that. Sometimes we don't really know if they're really actually better than anybody else at it and doesn't matter. Right. So it's more sometimes like about there's sibling that. issues that come up. Yeah. With that. Yes. Um, yeah. Exactly. Like you said, we have talked about sports and activities after school activities for kids in a few different ways. But this is, I think, a a more philosophical conversation. And what I'm excited about is I think this applies starting when your kids are very, very young. Um, So I'm excited for our newer mom listeners, even if you're not at the age where your kids are, you know, on a soccer team or taking voice lessons, um, you're starting to see the ways in which your child is particularly, you know, yeah gifted, not that word, you know what I mean, like just good at something. And then you start to think, oh, I should put them in mini basketball camp and like it starts really early this this figuring out how to navigate a child's natural abilities with how that plays out in their life in the family's life Mm -hmm. and then we're also at the second half of the show we're going to talk about when to let kids quit which again I'm pretty sure we've tackled that once in a listener question but it's a great 
It's a great thing to discuss and yeah. we'll do it again. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. So this is like a big philosophical question. Okay. Um, and it's just interesting in a historical way. So when you look back at your childhood and yeah. you really got into ballet, you were a professional ballerina. Mm-hmm. So that took a lot of time mm-hmm. and, and sacrifice from you and from your mm-hmm. parents. Um, what do you think your parents did well when it comes to this topic? Mm-hmm. And what do you think you wish they had done differently? Mm, that is a really great question. Um, I think, first of all, they didn't know. I'm the first kid. Yeah. And I'm the first, I'm in a generation that barely started to like kind of take kids' activities seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so I think, well, something they did well is there might have been some luck involved, but they get credit too is find a ballet school that was really a perfect balance of quality instruction mm-hmm. without being like a high pressure situation. Yeah. Um, I also think that they found a really good balance between prioritizing my, and I should say that I didn't get really, really quote unquote specialized where I wasn't doing any other activities and I was going multiple days per week until I was 10 or 11. And I think that's one thing we've talked about that that's shifted so much. Yeah. That was at the times as much as 
you, what your parents were doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So in today's day, you might have a six-year-old expected to be like, right. now you're committing. Now you're a dancer. Yeah. But I was a little bit older. So I think they did a really good job balancing, um, prioritizing it for me. You know, everybody came to all the performances. They made sure I had what I needed. You know, that cost some money. Um, but without... Um, making it like it was still kind of my thing mm-hmm. like they didn't watch every rehearsal yeah they dropped me off if it was you know I really am kind of glad my mom had three kids and three you know different schedules yeah. and if it wasn't convenient for me I'd figure out a ride or for her to get me there at a certain time I'd figure out a ride so it wasn't like the family dropped everything yeah or somehow because I was the oldest and probably the most serious about an extracurricular it didn't mean that everyone like suffered. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. We're going to get into mm-hmm. a lot of that. So I think they found that balance really well, whether that was intentional or it just happened. Just happened. Yeah. Um, probably things that could have been different is that there probably were opportunities for me to get a little bit outside or extra mm-hmm. like a summer program yeah. or like, and I, I didn't really, but again, they wouldn't have known. Yeah. But, um, and it wasn't what people were doing. That's the other thing. I think some yeah. people were doing it, but they were the ones who had stage moms. Yeah. And I would much rather not have had a stage mom. Yeah. Totally um, agree. But I, I got a little bit older, maybe mid high school and started wanting to go to summer programs or go to auditions. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, they're just, we just didn't really know how to go about it. Yeah. We didn't have the internet. So that's, yeah, that's funny. I would say that my answer would be almost exactly the same. Yeah. Like my parents were really good at being both laid back and also supportive, yeah. especially to be honest, when I did stuff that they liked and that's the same for me. It's yeah. easier to support kids when they're doing stuff you're interested in. Yeah. Um, and if I had one complaint, it would be that there were opportunities that I didn't have, whether for financial reasons or because my parents divorced and our lives were kind of upside down or just because my parents just didn't know. Um, Specifically like high school, I think when I was showing talent, I don't think my parents realized like, oh, I'm going to a high school with a really crappy theater program and there are better other options. I just don't, I think everyone was working and doing their own thing and like, it just wasn't a priority. And I don't, I'm not mad about it at all, but it is something I'm kind of keeping an eye on loosely yeah. with my kids. Like if anyone shows like special interest or right. special talent. The other thing I think um, I didn't ask, yeah. like I didn't ask because I didn't know, like right. I didn't know that those right. opportunities were out there and I was busy just like being a teenager and not thinking about right. it. So I don't even think it's like anything I would fault my parents for. I almost just wish there had been some other adult out there that had maybe zeroed in and been like oh this is something you know yeah and that those other adults we did a whole episode kind of recently on the importance of those other adults in our kids lives and I'm sure in this conversation too that's a key player because as parents we can't always know when a kid shows promise because we don't know what promise looks like exactly in that like in that particular you can kind of compare when you watch them or maybe you've had experience in that endeavor yourself right but um, I think we need those. And just like as parents, we want to find a balance. It's great to have those other adults who, you know, I, I really resist the over pushing the like, oh, my gosh, this kid's got talent. We're going to put right. them in all that. Like so. I, but I, I almost resist that to Too the much. other extreme. Yeah. Whereas like maybe there are some opportunities for this kid to cultivate something. And yeah. so it is not this is not easy. We don't have no. this solved. Spoiler alert. Yeah. We're no, there, you, you'll up. have no answers at the end of this. Yeah. Just a long rambling conversation. But <laughs> um, OK, so I have I have a question for you. Okay. Um, and and I want to keep our listeners who have like toddlers and preschoolers in mind here, too, because you Obviously, your kids are grown, but you've observed them their whole life. Yes. So how do you think you know when a kid is like a like has a, a app? What is the word? 
Like an aptitude? Uh, yes, an aptitude. Thank okay. you. An aptitude for something or in some mm-hmm. in some situations, a true gift. I mean, I think yeah. there's both. We can say, oh, our kid's pretty good at that or our kid's really good at that or our kid's not very good at that. Yeah. Do you remember different ways you observed that at different yeah. times, even when they were little? Well, here's one part. Here's one thing that's tricky. And I'm I'm going to speak especially to the pre- toddler preschool moms. Yeah. Um, I know that when Jacob was little, I thought he was wonderful at everything Yeah. because I had nothing to compare it against. It's yeah. not even like I was so gaga over my own kid that I couldn't see the reality. Sure. It was more like, wow, everything he did was cool and seemed unusual and right. precocious. And and then it wasn't really until that I had another kid to compare him to that I started to see that like, oh, that's just that's right. just what kids do. Right. Um, I think sometimes just seeing them around a lot of other kids and really paying attention without being like weird about it and competitive about yeah. it. And I think that the thing... I have learned to trust the opinions of other people who are in some capacity doing that. Like yeah, if I someone like doesn't come out and tell me, so I have several male friends who are, um, and one of my best female friends actually is a baseball little league baseball coach right now. Okay. Since none of them ever told me any of my kids were especially good at baseball, <laughs> I kind of know they weren't. <laughs> you Owen's, got the memo. Yeah. I mean, Owen's naturally athletic. He's kind of one of those kids who's like good at whatever. Yeah. Like he pick, he does something, he's good. Yeah. But he wasn't, he didn't shine. Like he yeah. wasn't outstanding and he didn't want to be. He yeah. didn't care enough to be. Um, And you just kind of figure it out by listening to people right. talk. The problem with having a toddler or a preschooler is you don't necessarily have the context, the background. Yes everyone's still developing like yes. some kids you know how do you know if a kid is good at playing a sport when some of them can't even like walk straight yeah they yet? just aren't developmental right there so I think with that age you just gotta really just have a very open mind yeah. and encourage without having any expectations the other, the other thing is um what little kids and preschoolers and toddlers are good at I think often line up with how what kind of family activities yes. you do and so like how much they do Brian something, and I yeah. la- like Brian and I are probably the word nerdiest couple in the world right. because we're both writers and we both like words and humor that involves words and vocabulary yep. and like we're just dorks we talk about what words mean like for yeah. fun as a regular so our kids have pretty outstanding vocabularies but that's not surprising because right. they just grew up and in it that doesn't house. and mine are the same way all of them if I had to say one thing two things that they were great at uh, humor uh-huh. early on and words, right. wordplay. That doesn't mean they're all going to become writers right. or linguists exactly. or whatever. Yeah. And then I think as kids get older is when sometimes you get surprised by a kid be re- being really good at something that nobody in the house yeah. does. And that's when it's kind of cool and exciting because yeah. you know, well, we didn't just nurture this and they haven't yeah. just been living and breathing this since they were born. Do you have any kids who are really terrible at something that you're good at and it came as a surprise? Well, one of my children loves to sing. We were talking about this recently. Um, And I have very, I have really good pitch. I can say that without bragging because it's not the same as like having an amazing voice, but I just, I just can be on pitch. Um, And that comes fairly naturally to me. Um, And the singer child really loves to sing, but had terrible pitch a few years ago, Mm -hmm. but it's getting better. So that's, that's an example of something where I was like, oh no, right. We love to sing in our family. And this is like, really off key. Yeah, yeah. Um so that that was one that I can think of. Um I have one. Okay. One of my kids is a terrible speller and I'm a great speller, yeah, a naturally have, great speller. Yeah, I, I have don't that. have I've never even had to think about it. Spelling it just comes naturally to me. I've never had to work at it. Um and this child is terrible at it. And the funny thing it was so cute 
when they were like four mm-hmm. and everything was misspelled right. and I thought it was adorable. Yeah. And then they started figuring out that they weren't very good at spelling yes. and stopped writing at all, yes. which made me really, really sad. Yes. So now they're back to writing a lot. And I, and it, it's always, you can always tell what they're trying to say, yeah. but like at that age and no teacher has ever said anything about right. it. So it's not a problem. Yes. It's very developmentally normal, yes. but not normal for my experience. Right. So and I have a similar situation in my house and what I've observed because, you know, you're a writer, I'm a writer, is that actually the writing ability and um, reading comprehension and the conceptual ability is actually probably better than what I was at that age. But yeah. the spelling is not. So, you yeah. know, just whatever. <laughs> all, all people have different strengths. Um, right? I was going to mention one that um, an example of something that we haven't cultivated or nurtured or set examples of that totally took us by surprise. And that is acting. So Allegra. Um, had a fourth grade class play and she has always been great at memorizing. She loves to listen to music and she memorizes words really easily. We knew that, but we'd never put her in acting. And even though I love the arts, I've never been, I've never acted and I've never put my kids in anything theater related. So she got in the class play, it's just the class play, but she got cast as the lead and the lead was like a narrator role. So mm-hmm. the number of lines she had relative to everyone else was like, you know, 50 yeah. times more because she was sort of the one and we didn't help her memorize. Like the teacher kept saying, okay, I'm going to send home a script and you can help them with, we didn't help her. I never even saw, she never needed help memorizing lines. So we just yeah. show up to this play having really not like helped at all. Yeah. Other than here, like, here's an old dress for a costume. And she was really, really good on stage. Like not, not an Academy award for her first, but first of all, the memorization was no problem. It came completely yeah. naturally. And that was kind of a surprise. And then, um, the poise and the lack of nerves. And you know how some kids get up and they, they may have their lines memorized, but they talk really fast or really, yeah. or really quiet. Yeah. Um, but yes. this like this very measured kind of, and you, you know her, she is pretty mature. She carries herself pretty mature. So it makes sense that on stage she kind of spoke slowly and yeah. clearly. Yeah. And we were like, people were like, well, she's, up to very, us. she's very poised. Like she very, is very, and very, um, she comes off as very solemn. Yeah, she, but, but yes. because she's thinking, like I feel yes. like she's thinking hard and all the time. And I wouldn't have thought that that would translate to performing on a stage, right? But it did. It, I mean, people came up to us and were like, "Did you work on that at home?" Yeah, so wow. that was kind of cool. I That's mean, it's kind of cool when things come out that just come out of nowhere. So, so now it's like, what do we do with that? Yeah. Well, I have like almost the opposite story. Now okay. this is funny. So Clara um, is very naturally funny. Uh-huh. She's one of those people who charms everyone. She comes into a room and she just cracks wise. Yeah. She has funny little things to say. She's very she's facially so little ex- and cute. Yes. And she's got a very like a expressive face. And yeah. also, so for all those reasons, and because I love theater, I thought Clara would love theater. Right. Um, and she does love to observe it. She's she's done like little walk on parts. Uh-huh. I direct kids theater. She's done like right. little walk on. And she probably and observes all the details yes and like and picks she loves, up on all the humor she loves the older girls like there's like a lot she loves a lot about the theater life so last year I auditioned for a production of Miracle on 34th Street and in the back of my head I remember thinking how cool it would be if I got cast as Doris and she got cast as Susan now she'd never acted but I knew she could handle it yeah um well I I thought she could mm-hmm. handle it right so she came in and refused to audition she wouldn't do it she froze mm-hmm. and didn't want to get up and read in front of everyone she felt really self-conscious um, Ruby, my niece, who to that moment had never shown any interest at all whatsoever yeah. in acting, blew everybody away and got cast as Susan. So it was just really, really funny. Right. So I ended up playing with my 
niece who looks exactly like me, which was really cute. And the director, you know, went up to Clara and said, I'll still cast you. You don't have to audition. You can still be in it. And Clara said, no, thank you. I don't think this is for me. Like, just like that. Like, she just figured it out. And and then I I said, oh, well, do you, are you interested in all? She's like, well, I like theater. Maybe I would do costumes or Uh like help you be your assistant director. And I was like, okay. But it was, it actually kind of took me aback and I had to readjust my thinking. Like, Oh, so just because she has all these characteristics yes. doesn't mean it translates. Yes. J- and which is like the exact Right. And the opposite inverse. of Allegra. She didn't have, she doesn't have a lot of outward characteristics that make her seem like she'd be a stage performer. Right. She's, she's, yeah, she's measured. She's kind of serious. Yeah. She's not a ham. She's yeah. not a ham at all. So anyway. And isn't it funny that the only way you found that out is because she happened to have a class play? Well, which- yeah. And let's kind of, let's, let's go deeper with that. So now that I know this, um, that's where the question is. So like you've recognized a talent or an aptitude in a kid. I am, I fall on the less pushy side of things. Coincidentally, I had signed her up for a musical theater camp this summer because it's right by our house and they're doing Hamilton and she loves Hamilton. So that she's actually already signed up for that. Um, it's not a very, uh, I don't think they'll get a lot of like acting coaching. It's not like serious um, at all. But I am curious. I don't know anything about theater for kids until they get into like junior high and high school. So, so as somebody yeah. who has directed yes. kids theater, um, I think it depends a lot on the program. I think at her age, what I experienced and witnessed is it's super fun for kids to do a show. But in the in those programs, they get very little instruction at that exactly. age. Exactly, because you're fo- especially if it's one of those where like there's like kids from six to exactly sixteen or something. Totally, everyone's focusing on the leads and the bigger yeah. kids because that's what you have. You have yeah. to put all these bodies on a stage and make it work. Yeah. It becomes crowd control, right? Exactly, um, and like choreography, basically yes. blocking and yeah, yeah, which is great and a great experience. I think I think a camp is great because it's kind of like a br- abbreviated version right. of that, and then you get as much as you're going to get out of it and yeah. move on. But honestly, at her age. Take her to shows, play yes. music in the house, let her like try silly little things yes. out. Let her just let her put on skits with her friends. I just think that you learn yes. so much at that age. And you don't even though I, I know also a lot of parents love the fact that they could drop their kids off on a Saturday from 830 to 130 and theater kids are the best kids. I yes. will just I will maintain that forever. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. By any means at all. I think it's a great program, but it's a couple hundred bucks. Right. It's your Saturdays that you and really value not, as a parent having your kids around on Saturdays. It's not like a pursuit where you're going to lose a lot of time. No. If she's a natural actress. I would. Yeah. I would also look for smaller productions at community theaters yeah. and try to get her in that. Yeah. In those rather than the big kids theater. She, she would lo- get more one on one attention yeah. and more of a. Pr- and also, I think there's a lot of value in kids being around older adult older kids and adult actors yeah um yeah that and she also she has a pretty mature understanding of stories and plots she always asks what does that mean or why like so i almost think like she i would love for her to watch some great plays or movies like start to become almost like a student of yes for sure acting i would totally agree take her to see stuff yeah have her write plays like all of that stuff is like that's where she's gonna learn the craft of it too and not just like i'm here with my friends to go play right. around on stage. Okay, for so a couple I hours. think we're arriving. If there's a takeaway, it is that when you notice a, an aptitude or a talent in your kid, the temptation and the culture we live in is to go out and sign up for that thing. But to find that thing, Google it. And yeah, find and the, go the, to the closest one to your house. Well, and the 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 one that's sort of like what's the word I'm looking for here? That's been like the stamp of approval yeah, on like, it for you. I've created this for you, right? But you don't have. There's so many ways around that. Yes, and often what you're getting in that isn't necessarily what's going to nurture the talent. Right. I think. And that's true yeah. for all 
different kinds of pursuits. I mean, I, with the dance background, I would say it's the same thing. Like with little kids, especially, I, I have a real hard time with the way little kid dance classes are run. It used to be more of creative movement and like yeah. play based, just like, you know, preschool is play based. And now it's ballet and tap with an expensive recital costume. We've been through this. We went, we ranted yes, about yes. this. I think I got more grumpy about that than I've been in a long time. <laughs> well, so you I want to relive on that. My grumpy train. Um, <laughs> But by the same token, if a, if a child, boy or girl, loves to dance, just like you were saying, I think, you know, musicality, creative play, creative movement, mm-hmm. um, there's so many years to get into technical dance. Right. And so um, you might have a kid who's a natural performer, um, but the program, the quote unquote programs that are seem so well suited Mm-hmm. sometimes I think they could even suck the joy out of yeah. it or like burn that kid out before they're ready. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I think sports, um, there's a lot of, yes. um, a lot of parallels. Yep. I know right now where I live, it's becoming difficult to get on teams if you're not also doing travel and all that right. kind of thing. And that is to some degree, that's just the fact of the world that we live in, even right. though I want to resist it. Um, but I honestly can tell, and I've talked to my friends who are baseball coaches you can tell the kids who just throw a ball around the backyard with their mom or dad. Like, yeah. The, you know, like the ones who are doing it and loving it, it's sometimes it's sometimes more apparent and in their skills Interesting. Yeah. than kids who are inexpensive programs and all that stuff. Right. So sometimes it's obvious sometimes when the parents want it more than the kid and mm-hmm. the kid doesn't actually want to put the time in. And that's right. when you start to it doesn't matter how naturally gifted or talented right. or athletic they are or whatever their skill is um, or their gift. It's like they have to want it. Right. And if they don't nothing you do is going to make them right pursue it or better at it or yeah um yeah I think that's a really good point um so we've talked about we've talked about a couple good things another question I was going to ask is and I feel like you're naturally good at this with your kids but can you think of some ways to sort of nurture talents within the home or within a without going out and signing up for a program but like Owen with his yo-yo yeah or like when a kid when when that's spark is lit and you see the spark lit what are little things we can do without spending a bunch of money or going and signing up for a bunch of things to to show that kid that that's important that we see that in them yeah I mean I think some of it's just uh being involved in it and noticing it I mean I think Owen might not have gotten as into the yo-yo first of all if I thought yo-yo was dumb and silly yeah then he might have well first of all he wouldn't have ever gotten a good yo-yo he would have had his (laughs) drugstore Duncan right and not not even known right. there was this other world. Yes. Um, encouraging him. He likes to put little videos on Instagram yeah. and stuff. And I'm always like, those are awesome. Yeah. Like, show me that move again. Show me that yeah. move again. And him, he gets frustrated and can't yeah. get it and, you know, doesn't want to show me. And eventually he gets over it and he yeah. does. Um, so I just, I think there's lots, I think sometimes it's just our attitude towards stuff can make yes. a big difference. I'll give a, anything we have to do. You know? I'll give a cooking example. And I've talked on this show how Allegra really likes cooking. She she loves food and she loves the idea of cooking and she loves eating. Okay. But she has trouble with um like the executive functioning required to follow through on a cooking project. And okay. that's partly just the way she's wired and partly developmental. She's right. just still she's 10. Yeah. So it's been a little bit of a weird tension where she'll say, I want to cook something this weekend. And in my head, sometimes I'm like, mm, okay. Right. And so I guess what I have done on my good days when I am playing the role of a, yeah. like a good talent nurturer, um, I might need to sit down with her, uh, have her spend the time to look through the cookbooks, choose something, 
walk her through making a grocery list like she can't get yet to she has the natural interest and she's pretty good she has great um like natural instincts for flavor she could probably be a really good cook but developmentally and even personality wise there's some gaps there so i think what we can do is number one like you said show interest and and prioritize the time if it if it takes me out of whatever i'm doing for a half an hour to sort of help her plan this out Brian takes her to the store. They get some ingredients. Maybe mm-hmm. we spend a little money on ingredients that are going to not turn out into like right. the most amazing meal um, and then help her follow through because I think otherwise she, her experience is that she didn't follow through, didn't feel good about it and might even lose interest in cooking, yeah. which could be okay, but it might be a missed opportunity. So yeah. I think that's another way to just just with your time and attention to help them see, do I have the stamina for this? Like do yeah. I, if Owen got frustrated with the yo-yo right away... And he didn't have that family culture that said, no, this is important. Let's yeah. try it again. Let me see it again. He might not have done it. Right. Uh, I'm glad you brought up executive functioning um, <laughs> because some, what, you know, it's, it's about time and interest. It's also about uh, providing space and materials. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's wrapped up in that. But um, Clara is a, an excellent artist. Now, she has not taken art class. Mm-hmm. She thinks she took like one. They have something called Ren, Young Run Brands or something mm-hmm. that's a school. I think it's a. Maybe a nationwide program. Yes, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done um, it, but I didn't yeah. know. I thought maybe it was just the same. And name it's or something. not cheap, um, but it's not too bad. And it's you know, like I think it's like eighty bucks for a session. It's eight yeah. weeks. After Art classes school. in general are expensive. Yeah, well, they have supplies are expensive. Yeah. Um, I think that may be the only formal art training she's done besides just what she does in school which by the way art programs in schools have gotten really good so I mean when I think back to some of the crap I did in art class as a kid and I look at what some of the stuff my kids bring home I'm we have great art at our school too did I show you that wood that windowsill picture that I have at my house with all the crazy little clay things my kids have made over the years they're all awesome like they're some of my favorite things yeah yeah so anyway um one thing that I have had to do with her though and to kind of help her help herself in her old house we had this long shelf. Yeah, along I remember the her back little windows. window room. Yeah, and that was her craft area. Before that, they're in my office because I liked to keep an eye on her when I was mm-hmm. working, and so I set her up at this table with. And it was basically she took over the table and had bins and yeah. boxes and things for her stuff and baskets. Um, I had to keep help her keep it clean. Yeah. Because if she couldn't keep it, like she right. is a hoarder. Yeah. She has little bits of paper yeah. cut up all the time. Yeah. And she draws little tiny things on them and they're scattered everywhere and she's got crayons everywhere. And if I could watch and see that if her area started to get too cluttered, she would stop going to it. If she couldn't find a place to spread out, she wouldn't go there anymore. Um, So I really took it upon myself to every month or two, like just help her clean it. And I'd give her a bag and say, okay, it's always funny when you, some kids who have a hard time getting rid of stuff. I would say, so um, I want you to go through and find at least 20 things to throw away. I know you can do it. And it would take her like an hour and a half yeah. to find 20. Yeah. And there's junk yeah, everywhere. It's, garbage. it's yeah. garbage, but she couldn't do it. So that was one thing. Um, every now and then I would just run. I wouldn't take her. Yeah. Because that's just opening up a whole new can yeah. of worms. So I'd go to Michael's. Yeah. And just buy some new yeah. stuff for her yeah. to play with. And she'd come home and it was like Christmas. Like yeah. she it was like a grab bag. Yes. She had no idea what she was going to get. So it's just papers and yes. markers. Um, And then when we moved into a much smaller space where she doesn't have that luxury anymore. She doesn't have like a huge art room yeah. where she's got all this space. But the first thing we did was set up her easel. Right. And her desk with her art supplies. And she's still in there creating and drawing every day. It's not the same space. Yeah. But like it had to be. Yeah, and you have a long history now of sort of 
modeling for her that taking care of that space is yes. important, that the daily practice of doing yeah. your art is important. The cool thing about that is the likelihood of being of her being like a professional painter probably isn't high, but there's so many life skills yes. built into that. Yeah. And the message about valuing your mm-hmm. your art and your creativity, making yeah. time for it, taking care of your space. Yeah. I love it. There's so I, many I do believe she will grow up and in some way create some yeah. kind of art. I just, at this point, I have no idea what that's right. going to look like. But, um, and yeah, like on Christmas Day this year and last year, both years on Christmas Day, we spent two hours on Christmas afternoon cleaning because yeah. she got new art supplies. Oh, and you got to and you got to make room. And so it was like it just felt like the day to do it. And yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it. you know, that's one thing that I fell into by accident. But yeah. I've seen the impact yeah. of it. OK, we this is really awesome. Um, I have one more question before we take our next sponsor break. And that is about labeling kids, uh, especially as it relates to siblings, because I think everybody knows you're not supposed to say oh, Reed's the brainy one and Violet's right. the athletic one. And um, we know that. But right. I think this is a really hard thing to actually, you might not be like yeah. saying it in those words, mm-hmm. but when you have different kids with different talents, on the one hand, you want to celebrate and acknowledge those unique abilities. Yeah. So in our family, we do say things like, you are just, you know, this is really awesome that you love this so much. And that's kind of a natural talent of yours. And we we say things like, you know, everybody just, some things are easy. Some things come easy to yep. some people and hard for other people. It doesn't mean we can't all enjoy them. But right. it all evens out in the wash, right? Like we yeah. all have things that are harder for us. And so I think I I do a pretty good job of hammering that message in to our kids. But I think when you notice a talent, this gets tricky because on the one hand, nurturing and supporting and celebrating an ability is great, but you don't want to pigeonhole your kids. Right. You don't want that kid to feel pressure that like, well, I guess I'm the athletic one. Yeah. So I better, that's what I've got to do. Do you have any thoughts? I, yeah. Well, first of all, I think this is one of those things that sounds great in theory, like the don't ever say this or that. And then in practice, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. Um, I think they're different. I think where it becomes problematic is the words the and one. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. the athletic right. one. Right. If you removed the and uh-huh. one and just said she's athletic. Right. It's true. Yeah. And there's room for two or three or four athletic kids in a family. And I've noticed having five kids, there's almost not enough things for people to be naturally good at that it wouldn't repeat. By that, I mean, it would be hard for me to (laughs) To be the only one to be the only one who's good at art in some way, you know, and whatever in whatever capacity. And there's subtleties. There's room. First of all, there's room for more than one kid in a household. In fact, sometimes you have entire families that are all great at music or great at whatever. Um, and I actually envy those families because I always wanted a Partridge family <laughs> band. But um, I, I, this is very complex, but I guess I'm going to back into it a little bit. OK. One, you don't know what your kids are going to be good at later. And there's so much time. Isaac picked up a guitar two years ago. has not put it down since. And he was 16. Up, he was 16. Up until then, I did not know he had any special interest in music. He, I think, did orchestra for like one semester right. and dropped out. He did choir for one semester and right. dropped out in middle school, didn't enjoy it. Um, he, I didn't think he cared. And he found his aptitude later yeah. and I didn't have to say anything. Right. So that's one, right. one thing to keep in mind. Um, two, I think that other kids in, in, this, in my family have been interested in things like art in a more uh, transient way. Yeah. But still very talented. They kind of got into it for a little mm-hmm. bit and got out. Claire is in. She's mm-hmm. all in. Yeah. But that's her. She yeah. can, you know, do that. And then, I mean, I guess it's just like how you speak about it. Well, another. Without yeah. excluding anybody. Exactly. So yeah. the excluding part is that the kid who 
you're not talking about could infer or or assume that because you're yeah. you know you know one kid is particularly um, good at something that that means that they're not and of yeah. course that's not true but that's the tricky part yeah um, but the other thing is maybe it helps I'm thinking I'm deciding this as I say it out loud I'm thinking out loud but maybe it helps to shift the conversation to you know what I want my kids to know is what you put your love and energy behind yes. grows and gets better yep regardless of natural ability so Having a kid who, I mean, reads a classic example of once he gets into something. Remember when he visited last time he was into those paper toy yes. things? So they're these, they, they pop out of a booklet and you fold them like origami, only it's a, it's a template. It's like yeah. a pre thing and you need a little bit of glue. So we went through like 80 glue sticks and he would sit there, but he's, he spends the time and he has the focus. So he gets good at things. So that's maybe what's praiseworthy and not that, oh, he's the engineer in our family. Right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's because... It's what interests him and where he puts his time. And I think all my kids can get that that message eventually that where you put your time and love yes. and energy, that that grows and improves no matter if it was like it dropped out of the sky and you're just naturally gifted at yeah. it or if you have to work harder at it. Because even naturally gifted people are going to get better if they put in the effort. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I think too, there's, there's something to be said for just paying attention and seeing where your kids' interests go and yeah. making sure that that gets... Um, supported yeah and noticed uh and I think too that sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to never say anything that could ever be construed yeah. to our kid as the wrong thing or like right. or limiting in any way and, and it's got to be equal and, for everybody and it's yeah. that's just unrealistic I yeah. mean the fact is not everybody in my family was going to get into music or art or right. theater or sports yeah or whatever and I don't feel that by like you know, saying to Will, like, hey, I see you're working really hard on football this year, like that that was in any way limiting to Owen. I just, right. I think the more kids you have, the more stuff like that stops mattering. Yes. Because <laughs> you just see how much there is to go around. Yeah. And how many people there are that can all like get like I, I always tell my kids, like, you, there's a lot of you. Uh-huh. So you need to make your voice heard. Yeah. You got to get in my face if yeah. you want something and let me know. <laughs> and so they've all been great about that. Yeah. Like, they've all been really good. I don't I don't feel like any of them have missed an opportunity that they really wanted. Right. Which isn't to say they've done everything they could have done because almost certainly there are things any one of my kids could have been great at that they never got yep. the chance to do. And that's life. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say on this topic before we take our break is um, there will always be a kid whose natural abilities are more immediately apparent to the outside world. Yes. So if you think of like, let's say there's a family of a bunch of kids and most of them have mousy brown straight hair and one of them has ringlet red yes. curls. That hair is going to be what everybody talks about first. Yep. And the same yep. is true of talent. Um, so I do think it's great to create a family culture where you make sure you're celebrating the lesser seen talents. Yep. And we have that. this academically in our, like we have one child who's always noticed right away for the outward academic strengths. But our other kids are actually have some really, really strong academic strengths. They just don't come out on standardized tests or right. like the first day of school assessment or like, you know, so I, that's challenge. It's, I'm just saying it's challenging, but I think that's where creating your family culture to just celebrate everybody's different abilities, even if they're not the ones that, the, that's immediately recognizable, like gold star in the outside world. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. 
I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay. Jumping back in. Yeah. Because we need to talk about letting kids quit. Yes. And I thought we could start with this question of what happens when a kid is talented at something, truly talented, but doesn't love it? Okay. So I I have a personal experience that I'll talk to you about this. Okay. And Clara um, took gymnastics. Right. I was thinking, because we've talked about Owen and baseball, and that was similar too. Yeah. Right? Well, but I, Owen, we talked- Owen quitting baseball made me kind of sad because he was so adorable in his... <laughs> in his uniform so that's a different topic he was so cute i just can't take it he had like jacks his pants like way hikes him way way up <laughs> so there's hardly any shirt like the shirt blouses out like around his third oh rib and then it was like an old time constant high yeah. waters and also owen quitting baseball was more like me going oh he's so athletic like i wish there was something he could really pour that energy into right but he doesn't really care he yeah. likes what he likes and that's not it and the other thing was um all of his friends and cousins and everybody played. So like a big part of our summer social yeah. life was baseball yeah. for a long time. And now that's starting to change because everyone's getting older and everybody, kids are falling yeah. out that yeah. aren't really all in. I bet you by next year, like two of the kids that we knew who yeah. did it all that time would be out. But I kind of made him do this last season yeah. and it was purely selfish. I was like, oh, and it's like eight games. There wasn't, it wasn't a long season. And I was like, please, just for me. And he, and he complained every single time. But I think 
I bribed him in some way. Let's, I bought him off. Let's be honest that uh, I would say 50% of my excitement about kids' activities is how they're going to look, how yes. adorable they're going to look in whatever yeah. they're wearing. Yeah. We do Taekwondo and it's just not, I mean, it's fine. They yeah. look fine, but it's not the most cute. And, well, no, it's not. No, like it's those, just, yeah, yeah there's pajamas whatever. with a belt. Um, but something that I will say that's different and I love, I love performing arts. Obviously yeah. I'm, I'm an art leaning person. And so I, yes. I like that my kids tend to lean that way, but there is something about a sports event. I like baseball uh-huh. and there's something so exciting about seeing your kids swing a bat and hit it and hit the ball. And there or can get be the some run. really positive culture around yes. cheering, rooting, yeah. teamwork. And, and I'm the same. We lean arts and then martial arts is very individualized. Yes. So we have also leaned away from team sports. But there's a lot of really positive things, especially with good coaches. There's yeah. some yes, not so really good are. things too. But So then, okay, so then I'll talk about Clara really quick yeah. because there's, actually there's some parallels here. Okay. Um, Clara was, I feel, could have been a very gym, gifted gymnast. Gymnast? Gymnast. Gymnast. Gymnastics person. Gymnast. Um, she's very, very, very bendy and yes. flexible and her body type is like, she's got the powerful leg. Yes. I don't know and, where. And she's yeah. short. She's I mean, shorter. She's, yeah. Yes. And she's little. Compact. Yeah. She's compact. Yes. She's got muscular legs and a butt and like, she just looks like somebody who could really go for it. And I've watched her and I think she's good. Like she always got great comments from her coaches, yada, yada, yada. She got bored. Mm-hmm. She didn't feel the classes were moving fast enough for her. She got bored. Like the, this, um, gym she was going to like kind of everyone hangs out in an age group in a level. and then everyone kind of passes some skill together. Oh, interesting. So it just takes, and yeah. not, and not every, like kids do move on before other kids, but I, I don't think their model encourages kids to get to really advance quickly until you go to the competitive. Okay. And right. I was pretty convinced that was never going to be something I was super yeah. interested in yeah. anyway, but right. I was bummed when Claire didn't want to do it. And I think the lessons I learned from that is a, um, not every kid's a joiner. Yeah. Clara and Owen, neither of them are particularly interested in team sports. They like to do their own things. Yeah. They don't like the feeling that they're on someone else's timeline. Right. Or being held back. Now, maybe if Clara had taken individual lessons or something, that would have been fine. But gymnastics was not something I wanted to put that kind of money into um, or time into, really. And the other thing is she neither in both cases, neither of them cared. It wasn't like this was something they were being deprived from. Right. Um. So they both, I let them quit. And this was after years mm-hmm. for both of them of doing something. Did, All that said, I maybe Owen will play in high school right. or maybe Clara will be a cheerleader or a dancer. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things that those skills Absolutely. could translate to later. So I'm trying not to focus too much on that. Did you, um, I think we've talked about the Owen one. You've, you've told that story before, but with Clara did, um, was it like a conversation where like, did you say you need to stick it out till the end of this session or did you, was it like, was it a quick decision or was it one that happened over time? She'd been kind of, she'd been kind of saying she wasn't super into it for a while. Um, and then her cousin quit. Mm-hmm which was kind of the death knell. And then our Saturday morning, she just got busier. Mm-hmm. And then it came up on the end of it. It's just a month by month there. Okay. So it kind of came up on the end of the month and I had to either tell them we were stopping so they wouldn't charge me for the next month or not. And then we just did. Yeah. So it was actually very anticlimactic. Like yeah. she'd been like her, her interest had been waning. She went and was good natured enough about it, but wasn't loving it. And yeah. then the day her cousin wasn't there, she was like, meh, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. And so that was the end of that. Right. So it just fizzled. Um, 
so I guess we have a few notes here on letting kids quit. And the, the short answer is it's not so simple. It's not yeah. just I am a mom who doesn't let my kids quit yes. or I am a mom who totally lets my kids quit. The answer, as always, is it depends. Um, so here's a couple of things for me that it depends on. But it depends on so many factors. But one is who wanted to do the activity in the first place. Yes. Um, if it was totally kid driven, I'm pretty inclined to let them quit as long as we make it to the end of whatever the commitment and, is and I'm yeah. pretty good about making sure at the beginning at the sign up of something that they know what the commitment is yeah. so this is an eight-week program or this is a you know a team season that goes until x so I would not probably let a kid let's say there was a soccer season that was like I think AYSO is like 10 weeks mm-hmm. I would probably not let one of my kids if they had wanted to do that I would probably not let them quit unless we just had really a toxic coaching relationship or something where it was like affecting our true mental health. Otherwise, I'd say, sorry, Charlie, you you made the commitment. Um, If it's an activity I wanted and the two that I've talked about in our house are piano and swim right now are right now. Those are mom driven activities. They're things. Those are also pretty individual, right? So like them quitting piano isn't putting anyone else anyone else out it isn't but i'm not letting them quit piano. you're not gonna let them quit okay. not for a while okay so to me found a uh piano and swim are like two foundational skills that i have decided i want my yeah. kids to have swim is not like a big thing like we don't even do it year round i just put whoever in lessons that i think needs to improve you know we live by the ocean yeah i just want in fact nobody did lessons last summer because both reed and violet were water safe and i was like this is great and then this summer i realized you know they really need to know their strokes like they actually yeah. need if they they ever wanted to do a little swim team down the road they don't they just doggy paddle and that could go on for forever right. if we don't because I'm keep, not going to teach that, them that keeps you uh from drowning but it's not swimming right it's not <laughs> swimming and it, yeah. it in the ocean it really doesn't it, keep you from exactly drowning. yeah so um so I put them back in and so that's a mom chosen activity and piano won't be that way forever I'm not gonna if nobody has asked to quit piano yet it's just the older two who are in it Allegra wa- really wanted voice lessons and she was trying to lobby to switch to voice and I said no because I, I wanted you to have the foundation of piano. She ended up getting some voice lessons, a, a, a finite period of voice lessons from my parents for her birthday. So she'll do both for a little bit. Um, but eventually I will let my kids quit piano. I just want them to have a little a more foundation. And I haven't yeah. decided how much. And we have a piano at home. We love our piano studio. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing is there's there's middle ground. You can take breaks. You can negotiate yes. with your kids and say, you know, I'm hearing that you feel really busy right now and that it's too much to have piano and taekwondo. So let's look at the schedule and let's decide to take the fall off from piano. But I would like you to go back, you know, so like there's there's ways to negotiate it. But those are two that I wouldn't. Whereas the things that they want to try, I probably would let them quit as long as they got to the end of the. And as long as they're not in my with those kinds of things, as long as other people won't be affected by you deciding you don't want to do something anymore. If you've committed, you've committed. I actually have things to say about both swim and piano okay um piano I took piano as a kid I did not stick with it I regret that because I do think it's limiting I there's I would love to sit down at a piano and be able to play the way I used to I could get it back I had enough foundation I think I played for two or three years so not a lot but I sang so much that you you've seen sheet music but there's something about being able to play a song on the piano um Owen or William and his cousin Jack just started taking voice lessons from a guy that did the musical directing for Annie uh-huh. when I was the director. And we asked him, my brother and I were talking in the other room, like how much, how necessary is it for a, a voice teacher, uh-huh. a musical director to be able to play piano? And I said, you know, honestly, I think it's completely necessary yeah. because 
you're at a huge disadvantage if you can't. You yes. can't teach a kid how to sing a song if you can't yes. play the song on the piano and accompany them. And so we asked um, Andrew's his name and he said, yeah, like that he had resisted as a mm-hmm. kid, as a kid, but was really glad. So that actually gave me conviction. We have a really nice uh, digital piano. It's yeah. not like a it's but it's like a full size weighted yes. keys, yes. 88 key um, keyboard. And Isaac kind of had it in his in the basement for a long time. And I think I'm going to lobby to have it back upstairs yeah. and, and get everyone playing. So that's piano. Um, and I'd like to take lessons again. I think this is like an important. Yeah. And it's I'm different just- than singing as well, because you have to know where the note is on yes. a instrument is different it's like learning to read before you read to learn to write or something yeah. like it's just foundational mm-hmm. and yet i just wanted to add and then keep going but i just wanted to add that i've talked to multiple adults who are either glad they were forced or wish like you wish yeah. that they had been forced i have also talked to some adults who were forced probably past when they and it kind of sucked the the yeah. joy and that's into the high school years yeah like kids who took lessons every week from when they were five to 18 yeah there's always that middle ground right yeah and I do I do think I have the foundation I think if I decided right now that I wanted to start playing a piano again I totally could like yeah. I could teach I could teach myself now yeah. um if anything I would say I just wish not that I'd stuck with the same piano teacher that I had I think I wish that someone had found me a different teacher mm-hmm. I think yeah. I outgrew her yeah I didn't like the music I was playing yeah. so there was a there was like a there was an option C and that's, that's a stay that's great. quit or option C, yeah, right? And that's, yeah. Megan always likes the option C, I but do. that's great for not just your memory of being a kid, but for us to think about with our own kids as yeah. well is maybe it's not quitting. Maybe it's finding a different teacher yep. or a different schedule or yeah. taking a break. Yeah. Okay, you were going to say something. Okay. Else. So swimming. So Clara took swim lessons or like a swim class at the YMCA when she was, I'm going to say six. I'm going to say that I might be wrong. Might've been longer We're just going to say it, but I'm going to say six. Old enough that I felt she should be a better swimmer. Mm-hmm. Other kids in the family had all just not kind of like yeah. learned how to swim. She was afraid of the water. Yeah. Um, she took a class, was sobbing at the end. And I sat down on a bench with her and was trying to get her to tell me what was going on. And the instructor came and sat on oh. the other side and got in my face. I remember this. And started telling me that Clara needed to go in the, in the water and like that she was fine and there was nothing to worry about. And I finally, I'm usually too polite in these situations and I finally turned to this woman and I said you're not helping I've got it and she got up and walked away and I let Clara quit because yeah. she was traumatized yes I saw what like when she told me about it I knew what had happened yeah. she didn't want to go in this woman yeah. forced her in yeah and I thought if I push this I'm gonna make it yep. so much worse so I didn't and that was the summer and it was really hard because her cousins were taking lessons and doing awesome yeah. and they were the fearless kids who were jumping yeah. off the diving board without bubbles and yeah. you know and Everybody likes to talk about what their kids are good at. And so yeah. I'm hearing over and over what everyone else's yeah. kids are so good at. And I and Clara sat on the ladder that yeah. entire my friend had a pool and Clara did not go in. She would kind of sit with her legs in the water yeah. and wouldn't go in. But the next summer she just got in and did it yep. and has and is a good swimmer now. And now I would take her back for real lessons. Yes. Like now that she's yep. comfortable, she can swim, she can backstroke, like yes. she can do that stuff. She's not strong. And I live by Lake Michigan, yep. so I agree. It's yep. a vital skill. Um, She needed time. Okay, she needed time. She probably needed a different teacher. She needed a different teacher. And let me tell you, um, this is one of those things where I'm like, have I said this on the podcast before? Maybe, but it doesn't matter, guys. You you can you can handle a little repeat or you're new to us. Um, let me tell you my thoughts on tough love swim teachers because I have seen <laughs> Yes. I've seen it done really well. Yeah. Where they are um they listen and are empathetic to the tears. Because if you think you're gonna teach multiple kids to swim without tears, yeah. my hat is off to you. Um 
many kids are afraid of the water, afraid of going underwater, don't like swim lessons. And you get to decide as a mom if you if this is the right summer for you to endure the tears. Right. It's like sleep training or every, anything right. else. Like you don't have to go through that, but you might want to go through that to get to the other side. Yeah. And I have seen it done really lovingly, really well, but also no nonsense, no choice. We had the best Arizona swim teacher and she was intimidating. She was like, she was not mean, but she was firm. But if you watched her with the kids, they responded better to that firmness. You better believe that they had to put their face underwater and yeah. she was going to make them make them do it but she listened she would negotiate with them she'd say you do it two more times and we could be done or whatever so I would say I would say just because your kid cries at swim lessons it doesn't mean that that's necessarily a bad program or a bad teacher but watch and see how they handle the tears because I think you in your gut it's hard to see our kids cry but it's a lot easier for me to see my kids cry if I believe that the instructor is like they know it's part of it. That's yeah. what a good swim instructor will do is they've had so many crying kids that it right. doesn't phase them. Yeah. And they are they can be like kind and empathetic and also like teach your kid to swim. Right. Because you can't just you can't just let the crying kid be in charge. And I'm not talking about Clara that yeah, day. Yeah. That is a different situation. But well, and I think too, it's it's knowing your kid, right? Yeah. So like I Every kid comes to a conclusion differently. Yep. Claire is not someone who can be forced. Right. She's not someone who can be reasoned into right. something. She has to come to that decision on her own and yep. she will. And but she was old enough. It to... takes a long time. And that's an yeah. older age. I think the criers yeah. that I am talking about are like when I put my three year old schoolers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And They're I was just like, afraid. we just have to get through this. Yeah. And sometimes it took two or three weeks yeah. of lessons. Um, one time Reed cried on the way to swim every time for like three weeks. And Violet was a newborn baby who also cried in the car. They just remember this. Oh, I just boy, had one of those flashbacks. Miserable. Yeah. Like I didn't even want to go because he was crying the whole way. Yeah. And she cried because she cried on every car trip. So we just yeah. cried a lot. Um, but I do think to your point that if there's another adult who's in charge of something that's sensitive for your kid and that adult makes your hackles go up. Yeah. Yes. There's a reason for yes, that. Agree. You know, whether or not that might be the best teacher for like yeah. 20 other kids. Yep. But if it's like if your immediate gut reaction is like, right. get out of my face, yeah. like <laughs> also it's probably not good. I know we say this all the time, but you guys have time. If if swim is truly traumatizing and I really believe it is swim lessons are really traumatizing for a lot of kids. It is possible to sit on the steps like mm-hmm. Clara did until you're seven or eight and then mm-hmm. get a really good. Yeah. Get a really good teacher. They'll learn yeah. to swim. Yeah. They'll be a good swimmer. Well, and if they're comfortable, they start they start venturing off yeah. the ladder. They start yeah. splashing. They start some. some I think it's just. Kids come to things all different ways. Yeah. That's just the way I would it's say like, it. We've like, talked about riding a two-wheeler yeah. bike too. Like same thing. Like we get it in our head that they should by a certain age. And then you're like, well, why? Right. Like right. they have no interest or right. it's not or, worth it right now. Right. And when they, yeah. Anyway, um, I feel like we veered off a little bit there, but in a good, not really in a good way. Um, do we have anything left to say about letting kids quit? No. We do it sometimes. We don't do it other times. It depends. Yeah, it depends. I think it as as with everything. I'd love to hear from. I know we have listeners. We have a lot of new mom listeners, but I know we have a lot of listeners with middle and high school kids. I'd love to hear from listeners who kids are in a like let's say a varsity school sport where it's now we're talking like they've been doing this for several years. Right. They have a team that depends on them. They were potentially looking at doing this in college, yeah, because that happens, and they it does. It, it gets to be too much, and they want to quit. And I know that is a that's a whole other podcast episode. It, it really yeah. is. Um, I just have to tell you really quick that you have a note in our um, outline about showing kids the value of dabbling. <laughs> yes, and I read it as the value of dabbing. 
I mean, my kids know the value of dabbing. Uh, my kids they would dab like, all over the place. They would like place. to dab at every opportunity. I feel that dabbing has little value, but sometimes it can be kind of funny. Yeah, the kids have, <laughs> have seen the value of dabbing. But dabbling, you're right, it does. It's, it looks like dabbing. Um, yeah, that was our final note is like we are in a parenting culture that tells us the kids have got to specialize early. There's yes. all these amazing programs and resources and camps, which is great. Um, but I think we have to push back against that sometimes. Um, and make sure our kids know that it's okay to meander your way through yeah, finding. Try something and you yeah. might just be okay at it or it's really totally bad at great it. It's to and be okay great. at something. Yeah. I actually think it's way better for kids to enjoy doing something they're mediocre at yeah. than Agreed. to worry that they've got to be perfect at everything they do. And so. ultimately, you know, the vast majority of anybody who's listening, and you might not think it's you, but the vast majority of the people listening right now, their kids are not going to go on to pro, semi-pro, college <laughs> scholarships, Correct. any of those things, right? So the the stakes are not as high as we think right. that they are. The stakes really aren't. You, you're going to have a fulfilling, rich life when you get to try things that interest you, yes. not because you got to excel at something yes. with an end like with the at some point there is a natural end to it or a forced end to it and ultimately you're the parent yeah you get to decide yes not yeah it's usually what I say you get to decide yeah you get to decide so yeah you do guys um okay before we wrap we're gonna do our end of show segment which is called cue it up and that is where we take you into a show from our archives that we think you might enjoy um, often it's not related at all to what we're talking about. And in this case, it is not. Um, but I would like to recommend episode 99, which was from April 25th of 2017. So if you're listening to this in real time, like a year and a half ago or a year and a quarter ago, and it's called Body Confidence as a Mom, which that mm, title kind of good... says it all. But the one thing I'll say about that episode is it it wasn't like a typical cliche conversation where you and I are like, oh, we've got to embrace the postpartum pooch. Like, no, it really got, got pretty into, raw. Yeah, yeah, it got into like there's there's a weird uh, tension between accepting the body that you have that is no longer your 25 year old yeah. pre kid self, but also taking care of the body that you have, which right. may mean exercising more right. or yeah. prioritizing, yeah. you know, Whatever. So uh, that was a good one. April 25th, 2017. So if you're in your podcast app right now, you just scroll back and look for episode 99 from April. It's called Body Confidence as a Mom. And then another little shout out in our queue it up. Um, I was just listening to the Coffee and Crumbs podcast, which I know many of you are aware of and many of you listen to them as well. But their new season is just great. They've got a new co-host and some new roundtable discussions. But they had an episode called Motherhood and Loneliness from, I don't know, just a month or so ago. It's from May of 2018. It was episode 49 for them. Um, And I feel like our listener community would relate to this episode so much. We've talked a lot about finding your mom tribe and all that, but we've never really called it what it is, which is... There's very lonely seasons in motherhood. And um, April and Ashley in Indiana um, got very real about their own loneliness in motherhood. And um, I know we have, I mean, sometimes you're listening to a podcast in some cases because you don't have as much of a real life community. I mean, you might. So I'm not saying all of you out there are lonely, but many of you might be. And I would really recommend this episode. So go check out Coffee and Crumbs episode 49 as well. Wanted to throw that toward you guys. Um, that's it. Everything we talked about will be at themomhour.com. This was episode 164, and we will be back with you guys next week. Unfortunately, not together that time. No, but I'll still be in bed. In bed. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye.
Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. 